Have you ever spent time with someone and been amazed at their life experience? We're about to get to know Mori Ogata, who has done a lot with some unique opportunities. Welcome to Redox Grows, an in-depth look at key issues affecting agriculture. I'm your host, Jim Morris, with Redox Bionutrients in Burley, Idaho. Our normally small community had a lot of activity recently with our Redox Masterclass. It brought people from great distances to learn more about how to help farmers succeed and boost sustainability as well. I'm visiting with Mori Ogata with Axion Corporation. Mori was born in Yamagata, Japan, about 250 miles north of Tokyo. After high school, he traveled to America for his higher education, receiving an economics degree from Brigham Young University and a graduate degree from UC Berkeley. His work career included time with Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, and Weyerhaeuser. Thank you so much for your time, Maury. Well, thank you very much for this opportunity, Jim, and uh, really looking forward to spending a few minutes with you. You had the longest trip to our office, bar none. Tell me about the trip you made to get to Burley, Idaho. I have uh, traveled, what, about uh, altogether about 16 hours from Tokyo to Boise via Seattle. Then a two-hour drive from Boise to Burley. Actually, it's uh, not as bad as uh, traveling to East Coast. <laughs> Do you have a, a secret for people who travel a lot about how to make that flight go fast? Yeah, I make it a routine to take some uh, sleep inducement uh, pills and try to relax with uh, noise cancellation headphones. And I listen to music. I don't watch movies very much. So I try to sleep, especially coming to the United States. I need that sleep to get over the jet lag. Your trip is more than 5,000 miles, so I'm so glad that you're able to get some rest. So tell me a little bit about your work with Redox Bionutrients. I believe this started with a visit with company founder and owner Darren Moon. You were hired to be our exclusive distributor in Japan. So tell me about that work project that you have, and how well-received are Redox products in Japan? It's really my fortune to have had a chance to meet uh, Darren and uh, also be educated on the various study sessions like uh, university or master's uh, course, like what we go I'm going through today, and uh, meeting so many people who are willing to help me uh, educate myself. Selling uh, Redox uh, was a better challenge. The reason is Redox is so far advanced you know, in technology, nutrient technology, that for some people it's very hard to understand how the Redox could help them because they never heard uh, or experienced with any products that so far advanced. But um, we started uh, marketing Redox originally, uh, initially, uh, in the uh, turf market, golf courses and sports turf. Uh, fortunately, our company was pretty well accepted among the golf courses as the uh, premier supplier of uh, nutrients. Our sub-distributors, they were able to use their relationship 
uh, with the uh, golf courses especially, and uh, they were able to uh, uh, make fairly good uh, uh, penetration into the market uh, after about a year or two years of um, uh, their marketing effort. But it took that long. Now, the um, agricultural market is completely different <laughs> from my experience anyway. They are probably less uh, accustomed to liquid type of uh, fertilizers. Uh, they were more used to granular products and uh, they just spread and, uh, you know, maybe once every two months or three months. So the redox was so foreign to them, so far advanced, that took us so far three and a half years, and we have not been able to really break even from, you know, with our investment. But after uh, having a booth once a year at the National Agricultural Week, we just finished the third year, and... Uh, Every year we have, uh, I think, uh, increased our, the number of uh, customers. And this year especially, a lot of the uh, uh, agents or the corporations distributing um, uh, agricultural uh, fertilizers uh, drop by at our booth and they have expressed interest in uh, uh, distributing Redox. If we uh, uh, compare our effort uh, in distributing to agricultural market to triple jump. I think we have uh, finished our running and uh, we are just about to make our first hop. <laughs> so I'm really uh, elated with those, uh, uh, I guess, the prospect. Uh, after the uh, last week's uh, agri agricultural show. I'm happy to hear that. And sometimes things take longer than we had hoped, but with your perseverance and the great product line, I think things are going to go well. One of the ways you told the Redox story is so creative. Watch out, Naruto, Pokemon, and Dragon Ball. You actually did an anime for the company, right? And what was the response? Uh, actually, we did two animes. One was just a booklet, uh, which we did uh, about three years ago, about uh, what happens in the soil and how the roots and the microbes uh, interact to help each other, uh, feed each other. So this time, I got an idea that the public really doesn't know too much about the connection between the uh, free radicals and uh, disease. I made that into uh, uh, one minute moving anime. And if you're at a trade show or something like that, you really do need to catch eyes. And imagine this is a pretty effective way to try to do it, do something different and exciting. Yes, uh, that was. And uh, another thing, that we tried and we, we start to venture into is the uh, uh, drone uh, spraying. Uh, in the United States, uh, uh, Redox uh, products is used for airplane uh, spraying. Uh, in Japan, the size of farms uh, is so much ch smaller. 
but they still want to uh, uh, e- e- you know, make it effective uh, spraying. So the one of the display was the uh, drone um, spraying on the c- cornfield, and that caught a lot of people's eyes and uh, uh, asked me about it. Yeah, the drone is amazing technology, and one of the ways we tell the Redox story here is through drone photos and videos. Sam Christ in our office does a phenomenal job on that. Let's go back to turf just for a moment. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, in Japan, the golf courses are very pristine. They're taken very seriously. The quality must be an absolute A-plus for people to want to be interested in using those courses. Is that correct? And also double greens, I think. So tell me about the emphasis on quality in Japan, how Redox helps with turf, and maybe some of the nuances like the double greens that you see in Japan. Yeah, Japanese uh, have adopted the uh, two two green system from the uh, beginning uh, because they felt that the uh, Japanese summer uh, was just too... Uh, severe for the bent grasses, uh, and therefore uh, they created two two greens: one for bent grass, and the other one for uh, zoysia grass. Uh, we call we call it uh, korai green, and uh, that's a warm season grass, and that would be uh, pretty healthy even during the summertime. Whereas the bent green would be a lot more desirable in most of the year, the rest of the year. With technology, especially with the redox and the other competitors, overcoming the summer stress has, I think, it's become easier, especially with the redox. Uh, so many golf courses are converting their uh, zoysia green into bent greens. Uh, because it's the, the road's better, and it's uh, nowadays it's uh, easier to take care of. Except in summertime, they have to. Actually, I feel that they should use Redox products, and many of our customers uh, really rave about uh, uh, Redox product, uh, especially in summertime. It's good to hear the positive reviews, and I hope that momentum keeps continuing. So the rest of agriculture, you say, is taking a little longer for adoption. Let's talk about agriculture in Japan. Except for some of outlying areas, I believe it is very compact, right? Two and a half acres, the average farm size, much different than America. So what do you see in Japan's agricultural industry that's a little different than what we have here in America? Because of the size of the uh, farmland, uh, I think even for rice, uh, average acre uh, acreage is probably less than uh, uh, 15 acres. The emphasis, I think, tend to be more on the quality. And I would put out uh, any produce, uh, fruits, especially for uh, comparison to U.S. Uh, product any day. Of course, they are more expensive. But Japanese uh, uh, customers are very pe- uh, particular about the taste, and uh, they'll pay a high price. For example, uh, one of the uh, melons, musk melons, uh, command the price of uh, over $100. The mango that uh, our customer uh, uh, grew and uh, sold in the market at uh, 
Average price of about $50. That's amazing. And square watermelons, I think, that are grown in glass? That was kind of novelty, but I don't think it tastes any better. Uh, and uh, I, I haven't seen the uh, square watermelon anymore. For, uh, for anymore. I spent many years in California rice where there's a half million acres when there's sufficient water. And a lot of the heritage and culture has been tried to capture in California that we see in Japan because it's such an amazing rice industry and degree of appreciation in the country. So you were so kind to, it's uh, Akita Kamachi or Koshi Hikari that you provided to me? It's uh, Koshi Hikari, uh, which is probably the most uh, prominent uh, uh, variety. And uh, Akita Kamachi is very popular in California, I understand. Uh, but that's uh, sort of... Um, uh, you know, the new version of uh, Koshi Hikari. So, uh, basis of a lot of new new uh, type of rice that you could see in the market, in the, even in Japan, they are kind of offshoot of uh, Koshi Hikari. Well, I'm very grateful for it. And tell me about your cuisine. So, we think sushi immediately. Sushi, which means vinegared rice. Tell me about the sushi culture in Japan and also other things that are consumed there. Well, sushi is exactly, as you said, uh, it's uh, raw fish over rice or a uh, few things uh, rolled within the uh, rice with the uh, seaweed, for example. Uh, that's typical uh, sushi, but if you go to an uh, expensive sushi place, you don't start with rice. You have uh, all kinds of different uh, sashimis. Sashimi refers to raw fish. Some fish is uh, like uh, eel. It's uh, broiled, um, but it's basically fish uh, cooked in different way or uh, mostly raw. One uh, sushi restaurant that I was invited to, I think cost uh, the pair about uh, $400 or <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> $500 per person. <laughs> uh, I couldn't afford to pay for it, but, uh, but I know uh, there are many sushi restaurants that way. And of course, many of those are uh, rated by Michelin, um, two, two or three stars. But the average people will not go to those places, but they go to... Uh, um, they call it haiten zushi. Uh, it's the uh, it's in the conveyor belt type. You go around the, around the uh, chef, and uh, you pick what you see uh, uh, on the conveyor belt. And they are usually sushi, but they also serve uh, soup and uh, some dessert on that uh, conveyor belt. And the kids seem to like it a lot. And they're not as expensive. It, you could have uh, uh, two pieces of sushi for mostly less, less than a buck or a dollar or a dollar and a half. That sounds much more appetizing than several hundred dollars, to be honest with you. So Redox provides efficiency, return on investment, sustainability. And those, I imagine, are universally positive traits. So do you feel that in the years ahead there will be more farmers in Japan of a variety of crops that will adopt redox technology and also higher tech, more efficient inputs? 
Yes, I think we are making a pretty good inroad into uh, uh, making a redox sort of a, a household or a farmhold uh, <laughs> name. We are overcoming that uh, uh, the big gap between the uh, what redox could do and uh, what the farmers are used to doing, uh, used to uh, use. And it, it, it takes a long time, but it's education, giving the right message the right way, the right media. Uh, that's, uh, that's difficult, but it's, uh, it's, it's going to pay off. Are the Japanese consumers and growers interested in sustainability? That's the big thing right now, and uh, we are actually uh, advertising the sustainability of uh, Redox, and also uh, sort of big fashion now is to uh, to advertise the uh, biostimulant aspects, and uh, Redox is definitely uh, not only sustainable, but it's a biostimulant and, uh, with a high absorption rate, and uh, when you compare the absorption rate of those nutrients and compare that to uh, existing, you know, run-of-the-mill uh, fertilizers, it's so far superior. Uh, therefore, if uh, farmers understand uh, those uh, maybe details, I think they will. Uh, start to use more. I'm really uh, sold on uh, Redox, and I'm so grateful uh, that I had opportunity to to sell Redox in Japan for the last uh, what almost seven years. That's amazing, and I know Redox is so grateful to have you on the team. So here in America, there's a large disconnect between many consumers and growers. Are many people in Japan literate about agriculture, or is there an education effort that needs to happen there, too? I think it's, it's, we need to do a lot more education. And Japan is quite different from the United States in that there is a one huge uh, cooperative. It's called uh, uh, Japan uh, Agriculture Association. Almost 100% of the farmers are are dependent on their advice and actually products. They are the buyer of those, you know, farmers' product producers, and because they are more interested in uh, uh, actually the uh, output, and they don't necessarily put the high standard of uh, quality, uh, that the farmers really just. Uh, have used the uh, old technology, old uh, fertilizers, and got by. But when you look at the uh, self-sufficiency of Japan as a whole, and the government is paying attention to it, but they have not been able to put in that into actual uh, practice, is the um, increase in production all kinds, increasing, uh, I mean, in, in including wheat, for example. Uh, only Japan's uh, wheat production is only about 10%. With the uh, 
limited supply coming out of Russia and uh, Ukraine, uh, with the you know demand still growing with the increasing population. Jap- Japanese should uh, be able to increase their output and increase the self-sufficient rate. And fortunately, uh, in Hokkaido Island, which is the largest uh, uh, island after the main island, uh, it's got a pretty big land, flat land, uh, with a good supply of uh, water. And uh, they should be able to uh, produce more wheat or barley uh, in addition to rice. Uh, We are able to uh, connect with some of the farmers, wheat farmers, and uh, I think we need to do uh, more uh, in distributing uh, to the uh, farmers. Even, you know, rice, uh, the government has been trying to reduce the output of rice because the demand for uh, rice has been on a steady decline. But with the wheat supply being uh, limited, uh, I think Jap- Japanese uh, rice growing should become more important to Japanese. Uh, but there, too, Japanese are very, very particular about the taste. They have a rating system on the rice. And I'm really happy to, to uh, tell you that uh, uh, some of the rice growers who have used the uh, redox products, they were able to um, produce rice, which is, I think, uh, is really great um, in taste, and also they are reporting that the output has gone up. Redox is good for the Japanese economy, I think, and <laughs> we need to do more. Uh, so far, we don't have a, a big distribution network. But I, I think uh, within uh, next year or so, that's going to change, and I try to live as long as I can to see that, witness that uh, uh, happy day. Oh, thank you so much for your time, Ogata-san. Well, thank you very much, Jim, for this opportunity. And that wraps up this episode. You can log in to RedoxGrows.com to find out more about Redox Bionutrients. Please follow us and help spread the word. Thanks for listening. 